Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to part two of our Essentials Talk in GI Imaging. And let's look at the second part of the malignant tumors. And what I focused on, just because of the interest of time, I focused mainly at the meeting on hepatoma with a little bit on metastatic disease. Of course, we know the best phase for looking at hepatomas, if I only picked one phase, would be the arterial phase. Though in practice, we do typically both phases, arterial and venous. Rarely we do delayed phase, and very occasionally we'll do non-contrast CT. The future might be easier. Non-contrast C may be a virtual non-contrast CT. The reason for not doing uh, unenhanced scans typically is because we're looking at patients often with hepatitis B and C, and we want to minimize the radiation dose for the patients. Now, in terms of axial imaging, this is a large tumor. There's no great difficulty in recognizing the large mass involving left lobe and right lobe of liver. But what I want you to see in the images is how much more information there is if I take it into a 3D map. In this example, looking at the volume rendering, showing you the vascularity of the lesion. But even looking at it a little bit closer, when I go to the MIP image, showing you the extensive neovascularity infiltration by the liver of, 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 with tumor. And I think it's important to recognize that one of the things the 3D gives you, the CT angiography specifically gives you, is is a visibility of neovascularity and that can show the extent of tumor it can help us detect tumor early it can help us with therapy planning whether it's embolization or any other method of surgery including resection potentially again giving some of the margins another example large tumor not difficult to recognize obviously right lobe hypervascular again let's take it from axial to volume rendering the pseudocapsule the abnormal vascularity and enhancement, and then MIP imaging is particularly good at looking at neovascularity, which you can very nicely see in this example, the splaying of the hepatic arteries and the neovascularity. One more example, another case, large mass. Again, these are large masses in the ones I'm showing you initially, showing you how to appreciate the neovascularity and how much more information there is within the volume. Now, of course, big tumors, it's not that critical except for maybe a management perspective, but what about recognizing tumors? Can this be helpful? Good example, patient cirrhosis, tips catheter. What's that lesion right level of liver under the circle? Is it a hemangioma? Is it a hepatoma? Is it something else? Hard to say from those axial images, but look at the MIP image. Now you see the vascularity of the lesion. You see an abnormal feeding vessel with neovascularity. What you're looking at in this case is you're looking at the tumor, a one centimeter tumor in the liver, which was a hepatoma. Another example, you look at this case and you say right lobe, a little bit of increased vascularity, axial, coronal, what are we dealing with? Well, look what happens when you go from axial to MIP. Now you see the neovascularity. Look at it closer. Look at the difference. Image on your left, yeah, maybe something there, follow up. Image on your, on your right, there's neovascularity, there's tumor. There's no if, ands, or but, the vessels are abnormal. And so we're able to pick up smaller hepatomas, hepatomas at times that you're not gonna visualize. Now sometimes they're small but very vascular, as in this case, look at that hepatoma, it's a light bulb, those feeding vessels going into it. Again, volume rendering works nicely, MIP can be more helpful and be faster in this regard, picking up the neovascularity, the AV shunting, and very nicely showing you the tumor. And you can see I'm just scrolling through a series of images just to give you a feel of what we're able to look at. Or this example, hepatitis C, look at the left lobe of the liver. 
On the axials, there's a subtle bulge anteriorly, but look on the uh, MIP image. You see the neovascularity and the increased enhancement? Again, here's a few more images. Just take a look at that left lobe of the liver as I rotate the images, and here I'm circling the abnormality. We're seeing this blush, we're seeing the neovascularity. We're able to recognize a very small hepatoma at a point where it can be resectable. That's the key point. And here it is very nicely projecting anteriorly with volume rendering. And here's just one more volume rendered view from below. Uh, venous phase imaging in this patient, there's something present there, but again, it's subtle, hard to make much out of it. And this phenomenon of being able to see neovascularity, another case with a moderate size lesion, the ability to use, in this case, the maps of showing the multiple lesions present, not just the solitary lesion, but some of the satellite lesions, the feeding vessels, the pseudocapsule on the washout. Again, the arterial phase is the critical phase in that regard. Now, in metastatic disease, I've shown you an example like this before. The point being, is this hemangioma? Is it metastatic disease? What's going on? But very nice example, rim enhancement. Remember, hemangiomas have puddling but also the neovascularity, the microinvasive changes around the lesion, which is classic for metastasis, very common in tumors such as neuroendocrine tumors. And when you look more carefully, you really see the feeding vessels going into the lesion. Very, very nice visualization. Obviously, it's malignant. Carcinoid, neuroendocrine tumor, any type of renal cell, you can argue about that, but you can't argue it's malignant. And again, typical, I showed you before, FNH. On CT angiography, the lesions that are neuroendocrine, in this case, pancreatic primary, very, very vascular. Feeding vessels typically nicely shown, as you'll see in this example, though the feeding vessels aren't always irregular, aren't always enlarged, but that's one of the things we look for. But in this case, the ability to see the images, to see the primary tumor, which looks identical in enhancement to the metastatic lesions, and then to see the lesion wash out very nicely with some of the collaterals because of venous involvement, very clearly seen in that regard. Now, a couple of last comments to mention. Uh, I did note at the meeting things can simulate malignancies, and I did show one example. Just in the interest of time, I showed this example of Osler-Weber-Rondeau disease, and um, that's a very unusual condition, though we see a lot of them in Hopkins. Hopkins is one of the centers of excellence. It's an autosomal dominant disorder with variable penetrance. Typically, the diagnosis is made based on three symptoms, recurrent spontaneous epitaxis, mucocutaneous telangiectasias, visceral AVMs are evidence of autosomal dominant inheritance. Uh, the liver is involved in up to about a third of cases. Half the patients are asymptomatic. The ones who are symptomatic have signs of high output cardiac failure, potentially portal hypertension, biliary cystic disease. The CT findings, not surprisingly, dilated and tortuous hepatic artery with diffuse parenchymal telangiectasias, early enhancement of enlarged portal veins or hepatic veins. So here's a nice example. We're looking for pulmonary AVMs. That's the typical thing we look for. But look at the liver. Look at those prominent vessels on arterial phase imaging. Look at all of those areas of AV feeders and AV shunting. Look at the perfusion changes seen within the right lobe of the liver. Just a beautiful, beautiful example. So great case of multiple uh, AV malformations in the liver. One more example, this case I always like to show, it was thought to be metastatic, perfusion changes around a lesion, axials weren't, you know, showed you this cluster of vessels and enhancement, but coronals versus axials doesn't help much, 
But look at the 3D. On 3D, it's obviously an AV malformation. So I think good examples of where CT angiography really works, how it adds information, how in terms of the liver, it's not just axial imaging alone. You need to be into this volume map. So at this meeting, the entire session focused on these principles. Scan protocols are critical. Defining how you do the study, whether it's pancreas, liver, small bowel, is critical, and your success is dependent on those parameters. Understanding the role of 64-slice CT and beyond, and the role of post-processing becomes very critical. And then, of course, things we always speak about, the signatures of various tumors, and how to use a great differential diagnosis without ordering unnecessary studies or doing unnecessary follow-up. So with that, if you missed my talk at RSNA, you got it, and hopefully we'll find Brooke and Karen one of these days and let them give their third of the talk. With that, have a great day.